Everybody love the God that we serve. He's been kind to us. He's been wonderful to us. We just love him with all of our heart. Come on, let's sing this great praise unto him. Lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory.
Good morning, church, and welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning, whether you're in person here or online. I just want to start off this morning by opening up by declaring this. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. When Jesus suffered on the cross, even amidst his pain, he still saw to the other side. He knew that his death on the cross would mean our salvation. So he himself gave up for us. But what a wonderful Savior we have, for he conquered death and rose from the grave. From this, we are reminded that our God is sovereign and we can, make, we can look forward to the day when Jesus will come again and save his people and make all things new. Isaiah 25, 6-9 tells us, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on that mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. He will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So church, let us have hope because this day is coming. There will be a day when darkness will turn into light, when evil is cast aside, and tears will be no more. There will be a, come a day when pain and suffering will cease, when death will not prevail, and we will be face to face with God himself. So let's trust and rejoice in this assurance of this salvation, that Christ will come again and bring us home. We can rise and worship. <clears throat> Father's will, he took 
salvation where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto thee and oh that rugged cross my salvation where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto thee one last time though that rugged cross cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto Just can't. 
and they're crowned before the Lamb of God and sing, you are worthy of it all, and you are worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve in glory. From you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve and
earth's cornerstone, sure foundation. And you are faithful to the end. And we are waiting on you, Jesus. And we believe you're all. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation. You are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're the glory of your name be the passion of the church let the righteousness of God be the holy flame that burns let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives we believe you
this passing world is over we will see you face to face and forever we will worship Jesus you are Jesus, you are all to us. And it is so good to declare that Jesus himself is all to us. He is our mighty foundation, and so we wait on him because we know that he is faithful to the end. Our God is the one who keeps his covenant and approaches us with steadfast love. It says in the scripture, in Psalm 111, 2-8, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in him. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. Let's continue to worship our God through prayer. Lord God, we acknowledge how broken we are, how broken our world is. Too many times we stray from you like lost sheep, and oftentimes we only follow the desires of our own hearts. You have called us to be servants, but we have failed to treat those around us with the sacrificial heart that you command us to have. God, you love us so perfectly but we do not love you fully and get too wrapped up in our own concerns and needs. So, Father, we confess our sins and ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you give us hearts of repentance where we turn away from sin and instead turn ourselves to you. We are so helpless without you and we acknowledge that we need you to redeem us. Father, we want to give thanks to you for all the ways you provide for us. You have not only given us life, but you have given us the resources to sustain and even thrive in this life. You provide us with food to nourish our physical bodies, and you give us the scripture to satisfy our spiritual hearts. You provide us with family, friends, and community so that we do not have to walk this journey alone. But you can share our burdens together and spur one another along to keep living our lives for you. We do not deserve or have earned any of this, but God, you are gracious enough to freely give these, give these gifts to us, and we are eternally grateful for the abundance of love that you have given us. At this time, I invite you to take a few minutes to pray individually. Let's first pray for those who are in need of healing. It can be friends or family who may be suffering from physical illnesses. It can be for all the civilians who have been hurt from the wars happening all around this world. Or if your heart is breaking for the people who have lost loved ones due to the violence happening in our countries, 
such as at Robb Elementary in Uved, Texas. Let's pray for them as well. Let's lift all these up, these people up in prayer and ask God to intervene and heal them. invite us to pray for the people in our lives who do not know yet Christ. Maybe it's someone in your family that you've been praying for for years, or maybe it's a friend at work that you've been trying to share the gospel with. Whoever it is, let's not doubt the power of our God. He can move and even soften the hardest of hearts at the most unexpected times and places. So let's spend a minute or so praying to God to allow these people to really encounter him powerfully. so grateful that we can gather together as one body of Christ and lift up these prayers to you this morning. It is so easy to take our Sunday service, worship services for granted because we have become so used to this weekly routine. But when we remember that in some other parts of this world, being a Christian has to be done in secret, we are reminded that it is such a privilege to gather weekly in one place and to be able to freely, freely declare your name as worthy. So, Lord, fill us with the overwhelming joy this morning to get your worship and worship your name. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. So, at this time, let's pass the peace of Christ to one another, to our brothers and sisters, whether it's one another next to each other or online. Peace.
Good morning, church. We're going to go through some uh, community sharing and just a couple announcements this morning. Uh, so the first announcement this morning is our, uh, we have this every, every week, but uh, we have a prayer meeting that takes place on Tuesdays at Zoom at 8 p.m. It is uh, something that is a lifeblood of any church, so we encourage you to attend, whether or not, you know, if it's, you don't have to turn on your cameras or even speak, but it's definitely something that we should definitely encourage everyone to attend for on the Tuesday prayer meetings at 8 o'clock on Zoom. The next announcement is on June 5th is our 20th year anniversary for our GCCC, which is a, a huge milestone for us. Woohoo! And we'll be celebrating this at Marshall High School on Sunday, June 5th at 10.30. So if anyone, anyone has any, uh, I guess, needs, needs rides or anything like that, please let us know. But we encourage you that it will take place at Marshall on June 5th. And on, on the same day, the bake sale, Missions Bake Sale, it is, we're calling all bakers and foodies, we need your help. We're excited to be sending a team to Cambodia this year for the summer. And we want you to support them by having a bake sale after our combined service on June 5th. If you can support our team by offering baking skills, there's a sign-up or purchasing some, purchasing some of the tasty treats after on the June 5th. The next announcement is June 12th. We have a members meeting on Zoom at 1.30 p.m. It says a.m. here, but it's p.m. So June 12th is right after service. The next announcement is that we'll be moving to the Crown Plaza starting on June 12th till mid-August. And just as a life of a, an agile church, we, we move, we have to, oftentimes we have to move or go to different places, but hopefully we don't, hopefully that we can still be able to meet up and be able to just worship, the God, to get, worship God together. Uh, it's in the Crown Plaza, which is still metro accessible and has plenty of street party, parking. And so when you walk, it says, when you walk in the front door, you can take the stairs or the elevators to the second floor and you should see us. So that's starting on June 12th. And then the final announcement is offering. So let me take a minute to, we, we, of course we do offering online now, but let me take a minute to remember our offering and pray for our offering this morning. Lord, we just lift up our offering to you this morning. We lift up our, just our material blessings to you and we ask that you be using those material blessings. Uh, help us to be encouraged to give generously to your kingdom and that we can use these resources to, to be used to build your kingdom and help your, name to be, help your name be known. We thank you for this time. We thank you for, for these offerings. In Jesus' Christ we pray. Amen. Good morning. All right, good to see all of you here today. Um, I am usually at Tyson's site. Uh, Carl's usually here. He's much taller, uh, more handsome probably. Um, but we decided to swap today just so that we could kind of connect with our other uh, site. So, um, whoa, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here with us. Um, I was asked to uh, just highlight a few things. So I want to highlight three things that are coming up. We talked about our church's anniversary, and, you know, our leadership talked about, or thought about, you know, what's, like, what would be the best way for us to celebrate um, our church's birthday, essentially, and I went back and forth and thought about, um, 
like how to do it in a way that that honors God and that strengthens our church community. And you know, at at one point we thought maybe it's not a big deal. Uh, maybe you know, I mean, 20 years it's it's good, but I don't know if we take a whole service to celebrate. Um, then I was thinking about the Old Testament and how God often told His people to pause and celebrate. Um, God would say to Abraham and Jacob and Joshua, uh, He would say, build an altar. And He would say, remember my faithfulness to you. And if future generations ask you, what is this for? You ought to say, this symbolizes, reminds us how God had delivered us from our enemies. And so essentially, that's what, that's what we want to do. We want to remember God's faithfulness. We've been around for 20 years, never had a building. <laughs> We've often moved many times. Um, the original hotel that we used to meet across the street, it's no longer there. <laughs> uh, we've been here for a long time, this community. Um, but God's been so faithful. It started with six people. Uh, and it slowly grew. And so we want to pause and just celebrate so that not only do we, do we want to recognize the past and God's faithfulness, but maybe more importantly, we want to remember what God's calls, called us to do moving forward um, so that it will, it will strengthen us to remind us like God's call for our church. Um, I had asked probably about 20 people um, who... I feel like played a significant role in our church's journey. Uh, they're no longer here with us. Some of some other pastors went out to do a church plant. Others are missionaries. And so I asked them, hey, can you send a, a brief video um, encouragement to our church community so that we can share that with our church people next Sunday? And many of them um, sent me something, and they said something like this. We hope that your church, or GCC, the Great Commission Community Church, lives out your name. Like that's, that's what, that's essentially how the church was planted. We want to be about making disciples of all nations. And so we want to be encouraged about that, and we want to do that next Sunday. Um, whether, so you, whether you've been here all 20 years, I don't think anyone of us has been here that long, or two years, or even two months, I want to encourage you to come out and celebrate together. Um, we typically try not to have joint things because we recognize that it is important for us to be here at Pentagon City, Tyson City consistently. And same thing with Tysons consistently. So we rarely have anything joint. But that's because we want to be present here. But when we do have anything that's joint, we think it's worthwhile. It's, it's important for for just what God's called us to be. And so, again, whether you've been here for a long time or you've recently come, uh, come and celebrate with us, and let's remember together God's call for us. All right, second thing is Pastor Carl. The church leadership is giving Pastor Carl a sabbatical, uh, and so we're praying that he will be renewed. Um, he'll be gone from mid-June to mid-August. And so uh, hopefully he and his family will have a great time, be renewed, refreshed, then come back. During those two months, um, as we announced, we'll be in Crown Plaza, um, and we'll have just different pastors come and speak, and we'll have some of our elders speak as well. And so um, you'll get to hear, I'll, I'll be here a few times, we'll have Jonathan come a couple times, Erica will speak once, elders will come and speak, so come prepared and be excited about hearing different people speak on, on different Sundays. So we'll do that from June to August. Lastly, 
I'm going to show you a quick picture. This is our Cambodia team. And so uh, that's Daniel, Lucas, baby Lucas, Esther, Pion, and then uh, that's Brittany, Daniel, Yoon, and um, that's me. And so uh, this is our Cambodia team. And so we'll be gone for about 10 days in July, beginning of July. And I know some of you prayed about and thought about being part of this team, uh, but I know because of schedules and, and different responsibilities that you, you, couldn't, you couldn't go with us. Well, here's a way that you can participate. Um, you can think and pray about if, if you would be one of our prayer partners. And so next Sunday when we have our bake sale, we'll have a sheet out, and we're just going to ask some people to be committed to praying for us from maybe mid-June to mid-July. And we'll send you some prayer requests and pray with us. Pray for us while we're at Cambodia. Um, pray for safe travels. And, so we'll, and we'll probably have one uh, in-person prayer meeting uh, together. And so if you're interested, think about that, pray about that, and this will be a, a way for you to support our team, even though you're, you might not be uh, going with us. All right, so that's... That's that. So we're going to look at our uh, passage this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, please turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 1, or chapter 2, excuse me. We've been going through the book of Luke, and we'll continue uh, throughout the summer. Um, we'll look at today, uh, Luke chapter, I'm sorry, did I say Luke? Mark. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Um, Mark, Mark chapter 2. So let me go ahead and read the uh, initial few verses here. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. He, that's Jesus, went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. So let's pause there for a second. So uh, already... In Gospel of Mark, uh, we've seen Jesus heal many people. Uh, he healed a man who was demon-possessed. He healed a leper at the end of chapter 1. Beginning of chapter 2, he healed a paralytic uh, who was raised lower from uh, the roof of the house. Uh, so he's been, Jesus it already uh, has been healing, bringing healing to many people. And so here, in this passage, he meets a man named Levi. And initially, we might think that Levi is okay. But what we begin to see in this passage is actually Levi might be as broken and as sick as a leper or as a paralytic in earlier chapter 2. Because we're told here that Levi was a tax collector. So a tax collector in Jesus' day was essentially, uh, they essentially worked for the Roman government, uh, collecting taxes for uh, Jewish people. And so they were sort of the middleman between the Jewish community and the Roman government. And their job was to collect taxes. But what went wrong, what, what of, often went wrong was they would collect more than they were supposed to, and they would pocket uh, the, the leftovers or, or profits to own pocket. And so they were despised and, and hated by their own people. They couldn't worship with the Jewish community. They were excommunicated from the synagogue. 
Uh, they were, again, hated and despised. They were often lumped together with murderers and thieves. And so here, Levi comes with, with sort of that, that going on in his life. And Jesus comes and he calls him. Jesus calls Levi. This person who is who's an outcast, who is despised and who is hated, Jesus call, comes and calls him. Now, let's think about that for, for a minute. Thus far, Jesus had called four fishermen, right? Andrew, Simon, James, and John. And then he calls a tax collector. Out of uh, all the people who lived in Capernaum, <laughs> the region of Galilee, he calls these type of people. When I was in Philadelphia, I was part of a church, um, and they wanted to do a church plant about 15 minutes away uh, in the city. And so... Um, I was on staff there, and they asked me, hey, can you maybe pray about gathering some people so that we can send you guys out to do a church plant? And so I was really excited. And so I began to think and pray about who can I gather to be sort of the core team where we are launched off to start something new for God's kingdom. And, you know, in my mind, I thought, okay, I need to find people who are spiritually mature. I need to find people who are dependable and responsible. I need to, I need to find people who are gifted. Like, I, I want good worship leaders and people who can connect with other people. I wanted diversity. Um, so I, I, I came up with about 20 people whom I thought I could connect well, and they, they will fit, like, our core team. And I was looking for people who were... Yeah, just dependable and faithful and effective in ministry. I was not looking for and thinking about people, people whom uh, people didn't like, <laughs> people who were in the margins, you know, people who were struggling, uh, people who uh, lacked faith. But when you read the Gospels, I mean, those are the people whom Jesus calls. Jesus calls Levi, who is not part of the the, the community, the Jewish community, I mean, Levi was excommunicated from the synagogue, meaning he, I mean, he didn't worship with God's people for a long time. Most likely, he placed wealth and money above community and people and even God. And that drove him to apply to be a tax collector. That's what Jesus calls here. And so I think we could kind of think and pause here for a second and think about just a couple of thoughts, right? One, there are, when Jesus looks at people, there are, he looks at them differently than how we, we look at people. I mean, he welcomes people like Levi. Uh, he, there are no criteria for, for hearing Jesus' call. Or God, Jesus doesn't say, you know, you lack this or, or you don't have this. I mean, his call goes out to anyone and everyone. If there was a criterion that that uh, Bible talks about, is it's this: God looks at people who are humble and broken. Uh, Jesus said uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, "Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God." Uh, it's those people who recognize their their poverty, like spiritually they're bankrupt. They have nothing to offer to God. It's those people who are inclined to hear God's call and respond. And I think although we're not told much about Levi 
and his conversation with Jesus, and Mark doesn't give us that kind of information. But I think what we can assume is that Levi was at a place in his life where he needed to hear God's voice. My guess is is that he was at a place, even though he was a tax collector and wealthy, he was at a place where where he was empty. Maybe living for wealth and collecting money. It finally caught up to him, perhaps, and there was a sense of emptiness. He was away from God's community, and maybe he was broken inside. Although outwardly he was wealthy and he had things in place, maybe inside he, he was empty and broken. And so when he hears Jesus' call, the text tells us that he rose up and he followed Jesus. And when Scripture talks about someone following Jesus, it's always talking about discipleship. Uh, it's not, it's not talking about people who are, who are on the margins, people who kind of merely heard, but it's someone who actually repented and turned away from former life and began to follow Christ. And that's what we see here. So church, I know Pastor Carl talks about this often, but can we be a community where we're open to people, all types of people, uh, people whom we feel like on the outside maybe, oh, he can't, he can't see God. I mean, he, there's no way that he desires God, but I mean, there's things that's happening in their life that we, like, we can't see. So let's be a community where we welcome people, all types of people. So that's number one. And second thought is, if there's some of you here, you know, coming to a church, especially a new church, if you're visiting us for the first time or you've been coming here and there, it's awfully hard to come to a church where you don't know people and you kind of sit down and it's kind of like when you join a gym. My, my friend used to tell me this. When, he, when you join a gym, like you have all, I mean, there are all these machines and it seems like people are experts at, I don't know, like, dumbbell, I don't know, bench press, whatever, treadmill. It seems like they all know what to do. But when you walk in, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, I, where, where do I start? It's kind of my, like my daughter who uh, recently began to, uh, like, exercise and actually became part of a gym. She goes, Dad, uh, can you show me how to do this? And, like, I don't know. I'm like, all right, just grab things and begin, I don't know, pull and push. And, and, but she was really nervous initially because you look around and see and people – uh, seem to know exactly what they're doing. Um, it feels like that when you come to church. You know, like you, you look around and, wow, people kind of know the songs and people know, um, like, what to say and how to, uh, I don't know, greet people. Um, so if you're here and if you're relatively new or if you're visiting us for the first time, uh, you know, it's encouraging to know that Jesus um, sees, like, our hearts and our thoughts and he invites us in. He, he calls us no matter where we are. And so we're glad you're here. I hope that you can hear God's voice even today. So let's, let's continue. Verse 15, Mark chapter 2, verse 15. And as he reclined at the table, that's Jesus, in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to, the, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. 
Okay, let's pause there. What's happening here? What's happening here is something beautiful. So Levi decides to follow Jesus. He turns away from his former life, and he follows him. And I think that means that he no longer is collecting taxes. He's following Jesus. And what, what does he do here? Well, he throws a party. In the Gospel of Luke, it makes it a little more explicit. He, the Luke, Luke writes, And Levi made Jesus a great feast in his house. So what's Levi, what Levi is doing is he is honoring Jesus, right? Because he recognizes in some way who Jesus is. He recognizes, he heard his voice. His life is being changed. And so he wants to celebrate and honor Jesus. I mean, in our context, it might be he's just, he's just worshiping, right? He's thanking God for God's love for him, his grace. So he has a feast. And then, and then he, though, he doesn't stop there. He invites other tax collectors and other sinners. Well, mainly he invites his friends. As, as a tax collector, I mean, all of his friends were probably other tax collectors. So he says, guys, reading between the lines, he goes, guys, I met the Messiah. Come, I'm going to throw a party. You need to come and meet him. That's what he's doing here. So what, there are two, two things. One, this is so beautiful because we have these tax collectors and sinners who are in midst of Jesus' presence and they are about to hear Jesus' words. They're going to hear the gospel. They're going to sit in, in, in Jesus' feet. He, he's, he, they're going to be in His presence. This is beautiful. Tax collectors and sinners, people who are outcasts, people who are on the margins of Jewish society, they couldn't go into synagogue to worship. They probably didn't want to. But here they are, not being there, able to hear Jesus. This is beautiful. and This is what Levi does. Second thing, though, is I think this is somewhat natural, isn't it? Even in chapter 1, when Jesus heals the leper, and Jesus tells this leper, he goes, make sure you don't tell anyone about what took place. Go to, uh, go to the priest and show that you're healed so that they can determine that you're ceremonially clean. So you can basically worship with God's community. But make sure that you don't tell others about what took place because Jesus knows that once the word gets out, people, the crowd will come to him without really recognizing who Jesus is. So that's what Jesus says. But leper, I mean, we read end of chapter 1, he, he can't contain himself. He says, I need to tell others what happened. So he begins to tell others about Jesus. And I think this is what's happening here. After Levi experiences Jesus, he goes and begins to tell others about him. In some sense, this is, like, this is natural, right? We, like, we experience God's love, and we go out and tell others about what took place in our lives. I know you guys know this, but think about things that really excite you, even now. Like, what's, like, what's on your mind? This afternoon, maybe you're... you're I don't know, have, go to a, a place and eat your favorite food or, or, or have uh, an activity with, with friends. I mean, things that, well, naturally you want to tell others about what excites you. And I think what's happening here is Levi is excited about Jesus. He heard Jesus' voice. He goes out and tells other people about him. Now, friends, 
if we are honest, this ought to be something that's normal in our life. Isn't it? If you kind of think about it logically, we, we are God's people. We've experienced God's love. I mean, shouldn't this compel us to go out and tell others about what God has done in our life? Yes. Now the question is, why doesn't this hap- happen more often? So I want to share three things with you this morning, briefly, uh, why this doesn't happen and how we can make this uh, part of our Christian life. So three things. One, really practically, we need to reorganize our life or our time, our schedules. Um, earlier this year, we went through a sermon series called Lies That We Believe. And one of the lies that we talked about is the lies that, lie, a lie that says maximizing is God's way. Meaning, living in this culture and this society and DMV, uh, we're always told, we're told that we need to produce. Like we need to make it happen. We need to accumulate more, accomplish more. I mean, that's how we're driven. I recently read an article, uh, Harvard Business Review, um, called, If You're So Successful, Why Are You Still Working 70 Hours a Week? So this is a summary of the article. It says, in the old days, if you are a white-collar worker, the deal was that you you worked as hard as you could at the start of your career to earn the right to be rewarded later on with security of tenure, in a series of increasingly senior positions. This is no longer true. Today, many senior leaders work longer and harder than ever. At the heart of it is insecurity. And indeed, and indeed, elite professional organizations deliberately set out to identify and recruit insecure overachievers. Insecure overachievers are exceptionally capable and fiercely ambitious, yet are driven by a profound sense of their own inadequacy. So what the article is saying is our society, companies know who they want to hire. They know that we're driven by uh, wanting to accumulate more, accomplish more. It's, it's the, the whole society, it's... I mean, it's, this is like scary because the, the companies know um, like, our, like what drives us. Like we, we are, um, there's deep insecurity in our lives and we want to make sure that we want to accomplish enough to feel like we are, like we're worth uh, something. And um, it's, I mean, that's, that's what, how the companies are identifying people. There's overachievers, insecure overachievers. And all, all I wanted to say is, we need to be organized, knowing that this is the reality in this region. We need to reorganize our life. We need to make margins so that we can have time and space for people. So that we can be more like Levi. We can invite people into God's community or into things of God so that we can have Dinner parties like Levi where we invite friends who might be far from God and invite people who are walking with God and allow them to intersect. But in order for us to do things like this, we need to reorganize our time. 
Like we are, we are, I mean, if you think about your schedule, our schedules are packed usually. It's one meeting after another. I know many of us work hard, work late. We're tired, and so we kind of decompress. And so we have very little intentional space where we can gather people for God. So the first thing that we need to do is we need to reorganize and think about how we can reorganize life where we can be more like Levi in this way because some of us want to do this, right? We want to do things like this, but it's, it's hard because our schedules don't allow for us to do this. And so we want to think about hey, how can I reorganize my life so that I can do things like this? So this summer, we've intentionally, our church anyways, intentionally, uh, we've taken out a lot of meetings, no small group leaders meetings, no small groups um, this summer. Uh, we've taken out our elders meetings, board of women meetings, governance board meetings, at least June, July, August. Um, use this summer to um, be intentional about your relationships. Uh, invite people into God's community, whatever that might look like. Um, for me, it used to look like uh, we used to, GCCC used to play basketball uh, weekly. And um, I, I really enjoyed that because it was one space where I got to like, interact with our church people, but they're friends. Um, that's that. But I, I valued that because it was a space where just for an hour, an hour and a half, like, it was a space where we got to interact with just people, uh, friends of friends. And so maybe this summer that has something that you can intentionally do. So one, we need to reorganize our time. Number two, um, we need to re-engage with Jesus' mission. And this is what I mean. Look at what Pharisees say. He, they, they look at Jesus, and they ask Jesus' disciples, why, why is Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners? What they're, essential, what they're asking is this. They're saying, actually, Jesus, don't you know but that by eating with tax collectors and sinners that you will become morally and spiritually contaminated? Like, you will become unclean. Um, that's, like, that was their worldview. See, they had drawn a line. Uh, scribes, uh, Pharisees. Pharisee means set apart, holy. And what they did their whole life was they had Ten Commandments, but on top of that, they had these oral traditions that they abided by so that they would never cross this line, imaginary line on their mind, so that they, so that they would be clean. Like, they, don't want, they didn't want to associate with people whom... They felt like we're, we're unclean. And so they had this line they never crossed over. And that was their whole worldview. That's how they lived. And I think if you kind of think about your life, that's how we view our life, some of us. That we have this line uh, where we don't want to cross. We don't want to be, uh, we don't want to spiritually or morally compromise. Or we don't want to spiritually or morally be influenced. So, some of the parents who are here, and maybe some of you as you grew up, like what's one thing that's thinking about, like we're thinking about now is how can we keep our kids safe from all that's out there, especially on, online? Um, my kids are a little older. They're in their teens, and I have one in college. And so recently we had this conversation um, because um, just stuff that are out there and things that they were exposed to, and so... Uh, my wife and I, we had put a filter on their phone so they can't just freely roam the web, web pages. Um, but my daughter, who is now, what, 17, she said uh, to my you know, wife, she said, Mom, like, you can't keep the filter on forever. 
And she said, when we go to college, you can't have filters on on our phones. Like when we're 20, you can't have filters on. And, and she's right. <laughs> like, like, can you imagine if you're 30 and your parents are still monitoring your phones? So like when do you, like, when do you turn that off? I mean, practically, really, like, when do you turn it off? Um, here's my point. Some of us spiritually are still looking or uh, seeing the world with spiritual filters on. Like in our mind, like we, we want to make sure that we never like cross that, cross that line. But the reality is when you look at Jesus' life, like he crossed that line all the time. Jesus here is eating with tax collectors and sinners. So on the one hand, it's like for us, it's wise to make sure that, yeah, we, we are not exposed to things that are all the junk that's out there. But at the same time, Jesus calls us to eat with tax collectors and sinners. So how do we do that? I think what might be helpful is recognizing that um, or just re-engaging in Jesus' mission. Jesus here says he came for people like Levi. And so as his church, we're called to engage in Jesus' mission. Of course, with wisdom, but that's our calling. And Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors all the time in the Gospels. And one uh, Christian author talked about how um, we need to recognize that Jesus' holiness is more contagious than impurity. Meaning, when Jesus touched the leper, like, he didn't catch leprosy. He made, actually, the leper clean. When Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners, he didn't become, I mean, he didn't become unclean. No, he allowed the tax collectors and sinners to have life. And so church, I think the, the message that, that maybe we could kind of glean here is oftentimes the church of Jesus Christ we act as if we are always playing defense. Or like making sure that we're not being contaminated. But that's not the right posture. The posture that we ought to have, the biblical posture that we have, is we are advancing. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates don't move. It's the church of God, church of Jesus Christ, that's advancing. But sometimes I think our only posture that we know is like we are trying to make, we're, make, we're trying to make sure that we're not getting contaminated or, or, or impure, become unclean. But that's not, that's not our posture as the church. Uh, our posture is we're advancing. And although we don't feel holy often, because Jesus lives in us, we have the Holy Spirit, we actually can influence others. Like we can bring the kingdom of God to the world around us and in and, and people's lives. And so don't live in fear. Like we, we, we can actually advance with Christ. Um, so re-engage. We need to just in our mind, re-engage in Jesus' mission. We're not playing defense. Like, we need to play some offense. Uh, lastly, really quickly, we need to remember our meal with Jesus. And simply, each Sunday as we come, we hear about Jesus' story. And one of the ways that we do that is we take uh, communion, the Lord's Supper. 
Uh, we need to remember that at one point we were like the tax collectors. Uh, we were like the sinners that Jesus ate with. Uh, we weren't any better, but Jesus invited us in. So whenever we talk, come to the table and drink from the cup and we eat Jesus, uh, the bread that reminds of Jesus' body, we are remembering uh, Jesus' invitation for us. Even though, when, even though we were so far from Him, we, we are remembering His mercy and His grace. And so like Levi, uh, we do it in a way each Sunday, Lord willing, through the Holy Spirit, uh, we are reminded of uh, His grace and His mercy for us so that we can go and invite others into uh, Jesus' presence. All right, let's, um, I want to just maybe give us a minute to pray, uh, and then we'll close our time. Yeah, let's um, just take a minute to yeah, pray that, um, that although, uh, gosh, we're removed from uh, Levi and Jesus' um, context, uh, you know, 2,000 years, the principle is still the same, right? Levi encountered God, encountered Jesus, and began to follow him. And he was so, although not given detailed description, uh, he was so moved and so touched that he naturally goes out and invites his friends in. And that's a big um, part of being a follower of Jesus, right? We, we follow him, but we, we want to bring others into fellowship with Jesus, and um, let's just, yeah, let's just pray that that would become more, more of a reality in our life, uh, that we would yeah, follow him and, and provide space where other people can come and uh, experience his love and his grace as well. So let me give us a minute to do that, and we'll take communion together um, as we close our time. Father, we uh, just come this morning and um, just acknowledge how good you are to us. Uh, 
you know, oftentimes we, we can't see it and um, oftentimes we don't even feel it. But uh, we know that you've been so gracious to us in, in so many ways, both in, in practical things that you provided for us as well as like, the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Lord, we don't want to just um, keep these blessings to ourselves. Uh, we want to be like Levi as uh, um, seems so beautiful and natural what Levi does here. Lord, we, wanna, we want to declare and share what we have uh, with others. So help us to reorganize our life, our schedule, our time, if that's what's, what's needed. Help us to re-engage with your mission. And help us to remember your love and your grace towards us. Um, Lord, pray for the summer. Uh, we pray that as we uh, hopefully have some time to rest and um, Sabbath and just uh, enjoy time with our friends and family, we pray that, uh, that you would nudge us, uh, that it would, it would be a time not just for ourselves, but that it would be time for you to intersect and intervene with people around us. Lord, enlarge our hearts this morning because our hearts are so small and narrow. Lord, give us a glimpse of your kingdom. Uh, reignite in us passion and desire and worship of who you are and what you're about and help us to be part of that. And in Jesus' name we pray. All right, we're going to remember um, Jesus' meal with us, or our meal with God. Um, so when we do this every Sunday, we're, we are remembering God's love for us and His grace and His mercy towards us. And so let's do this with faith, knowing that as we take, eat, that we uh, remember what He uh, did for us. So the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread, He broke it, and He said, eat this in remembrance of me. The same way he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink from it for the forgiveness of your sins. All right, let's stand. Uh, and there's, I guess, station in the back and station in the front. Uh, our worship team will sing and you can sing with us. But at some point, go ahead and you know, take the cup and remember Christ and His grace and love for you.
precious cornerstone, sure foundation, and you are faithful to the end, and we are waiting on you, to us so that we can go and share Jesus with others. And precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. of your church let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives we believe your all to
so many other things you've called us and thank you for um, just our life with you uh, Lord we pray that as we sang that, that you would increase our passion for you, our passion for your name, passion for your glory um, and that we would display more of who you are to those around us God um, thank you Jesus that you've not only given us your example for us but thank you for the power that's in us now that we can go forth and bring uh, holiness and goodness to those around us thank you that you took away all the uncleanness that's in us already so that we can move forth with power and confidence well send us forth now that this week that we might go forth and bless and touch and encourage and love people as you've called us to. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our Heavenly Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for coming today. Um, so next Sunday we'll meet Tyson site at Marshall High School and then the following Sunday we'll be at Crown Plaza just two blocks down so we'll see you there alright take care everyone have a good week <laughs>